and understanding, that being taught by you in Holy Scripture, our hearts and minds may be opened to receive all that leads to life and holiness. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from Exodus. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall, you shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on their children to the third and the fourth generation of those who hate me, but showing steadfast love to thousands of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath for the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God has given you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his male servant, or his female servant, or his ox, or his donkey, or anything that is your neighbor's. Now when all the people saw the thunder and the flashes of lightning, and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled, and they stood far off and said to Moses, You speak to us, and we will listen, but do not let God speak to us, lest we die. Moses said to the people, Do not fear, for God has come to test you, that the fear of him may be before you, that you may not sin. The people stood far off, while Moses drew near to the thick darkness where God was. Our second reading today is from Mark. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
May the words of my mouth and the meditations of each of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable to you, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Next week, we will begin working our way through the Ten Commandments. Surprise, this will not be a ten-week sermon series. We are not spending one week on each commandment, but rather we will be taking six weeks. Instead of breaking it up into uh, one week per commandment, we'll be breaking it into two three-week sections. There will be three weeks on loving God and three weeks on loving neighbor, because this is a natural break in the flow of the Ten Commandments. The first four are all on how we nurture our relationship with God. The last six on how we live out our relationship with God in the context of human relationships. When it comes down to it, the Decalogue, which is a big fancy theologian word for the Ten Commandments, is all about relationship. They're often misused or cherry-picked out of context, but they aren't just a list of rules that should or shouldn't be left carved in front of a courthouse. They aren't some magic guide to the perfect life. They are not a plan to earn your way into heaven. In our passage from Mark today, Jesus is being uh, tricked by some tricky folks. He's being tested um, by some who have been trying to use the law of the Hebrew Bible to earn their salvation. And so they ask Jesus, out of all these commandments that we have in the law, which is the most important? And Jesus points them back to the foundation of all of the commandments and the law, something called the Shema, which comes from the Hebrew for here. Uh, Levi, could you hit the slide to the next? This here is the Shema uh, from Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is the uh, preamble to the commandments as well. When we read the Ten Commandments in Exodus, they begin with, Hear the Lord your God. God is saying, remember, this is about the covenant we made, this covenant that is uh, announced here in Deuteronomy as well. This covenant we made in which everything that matters is our relationship, God's love for us, our love for God. And so then all of the law, including the Ten Commandments, provide our framework for what living out that covenant looks like. The Ten Commandments aren't the magic bullet for a peaceful society. They are a description of what living into that covenant looks like. They are not about guilt or pride. They are about covenant. Now, loving God is hard enough, and loving neighbor is even harder. But that's what this all boils down to. We are never given a promise that this is easy. Hebrew, the language in which the commandments were written, as well as the scripture that Jesus is quoting in our passage from Mark, is a language of verbs, not nouns. It is a language of action. It is a language of doing. Even many of the nouns in Hebrew are derived from verbs. A change to a verb in a sentence in Hebrew changes the entire meaning significantly. 
There are entire verb tenses that are used to change the intensity of a verb's meaning. Scriptural love, the kind that we read about in this love the Lord your God, is not about a feeling. It is about a doing. And not the list-following doing that earns us something, but a living, growing, changing, creative, paying attention to the situation around you doing. It is a way of life. I love how Jesus boils down God's law to the same two main pieces we see in the Ten Commandments. Love God and love each other. Nadia Boltz-Weber says that the commandments are about love for neighbor, something to the effect of God loves the rest of humanity so much that God commands you and me not to harm the rest of humanity. But we sure do stink at living out God's love on a day-to-day basis. It's not because we don't want to. I don't think I've ever met a real Christian who would say that they don't want to live out God's love. It's just that loving our neighbors is complicated. Even if you look at what seems on the surface to be one of the simplest commandments, do not murder, that's complicated. How much intent or negligence is necessary to qualify a death as murder? What about animals? What about capital punishment? What about self-defense? Even with these guidelines we are given, it's really messy and hard to sort through. One of the very most troubling how-do-we-love-our-neighbors situations for me right now is what's happening at the southern border of the United States. It's troubling for me because I do believe strongly in welcoming the stranger just as scripture tells us to do. It troubles me because I have ancestors who came here seeking asylum from famine in Ireland. I have living family here who came to escape genocide in Poland. Our country is founded on the idea of safety and welcoming refugees. It troubles me because our system is nearly impossible to navigate. We have a lot of systems like that in our country. Systems that we have set up and say they will help the downtrodden, but they're really complicated mazes that nobody can figure out how to navigate. It troubles me because nobody seems to have a good, just, compassionate, effective solution. Scripture clearly and frequently tells us that we are called to love all people, to welcome the stranger and the refugee, and to show hospitality to all, but it does not tell us what that looks like in today's context. It troubles me because I live all the way up here in Pennsylvania, where we have very little firsthand interaction with the situation all the way down by the Mexican border. I have some friends who have immigrated here from the Middle East, from South America, Europe, Central America, and I can can and do talk to them about their experiences, but that is still a second or third hand encounter at best. Sidebar, dwell a bit in the fact that it's far easier to immigrate here from stable middle class European places than from anywhere else in the developing world. I cannot be the only one who is disturbed by that. So what can someone who is troubled by this and interested in finding just, compassionate, scriptural solutions to this crisis we are seeing develop do from here in Pennsylvania? We could leave Pennsylvania, for starters. 
There are several Presbyterian peacemaking trips coming up, and as of right now, two of them will be attended by people from Emsworth and St. Andrews. In November, John Scanlon, who is not here this morning, but when you uh, see him next week, will be happy to tell you all about this trip he's going on. Um, if you're interested, see me for application details. He will be heading to Puerto Rico, which has a very special place in our hearts. Uh, our dear Mirta is from Puerto Rico. Two years ago, when uh, they were devastated there by hurricanes, we sent uh, offerings to Presbyterian disaster assistance in Puerto Rico. Um, this is a great loving neighbor trip for those who are not ready to apply for a passport and leave the United States just yet. Yes, Puerto Rico is part of the United States, brothers and sisters. You don't need a passport. You don't need to go through customs or anything like that to go there. And the purpose of that trip is to see the church's role in disaster relief and justice work after those devastating Hurricanes. This is a chance to go and see firsthand what that support helped to do. For those of you who are ready to get another stamp or a first stamp on your passport in February and get some firsthand understanding about what is happening at our southern border and why people are immigrating or trying to immigrate from South and Central America, join me in February going to Honduras, El Salvador, and Guatemala. I was in Guatemala 14 years ago, and I'm very excited to go back because it's the kind of place that gets into your soul. Although I have yet to go anywhere that I've not wanted to go back to, to, to be fair. <laughs> we'll put that out there. But we will be meeting with agencies that are working to better people's lives in those places. Agencies who are helping people immigrate to the United States to start a new life for their families in a safer place. We'll be getting to know our neighbors and we'll come home with some new and fresh insight into solutions for loving our neighbors right here at home. Because here's the thing. If we are going to really talk about the things that are happening in the world, we have to see them for ourselves. We have to go and see them with our own eyes, hear them with our own ears, worship in another language, dance the folk dances of another culture, cry with those who have lost a child or a loved one, laugh with new friends, stand with those who seek justice, feel the wind of a faraway place on our face, walk on dirt of a color we've never seen before. We cannot assume that the things we read or watch on the news are giving us a full or fair picture of the world. There is a lot of talk out there that is not backed up by any firsthand experience. There are many empty, hurtful words that get released into the wild without any actual knowledge backing them up. To love your neighbor, you have to know your neighbor. To know your neighbor, you have to leave your comfort zone. Here's the pitch. The application deadline for the Puerto Rico trip is next Thursday, August 1st. And the deadline for applications to go to Central America is October 1st. I can help you apply for those trips. If that means I sit at my computer and type in the answers on the form while you dictate them to me, I am in. Let's go. Let's do it. My computer is sitting right over there. And if cost is a concern, talk to me about that too. There are ways to raise support, and if enough of us are going, we can do some group fundraisers as well. 
If you are medically unable to go or you don't have time off from work that you can use, talk to me about how you can be a prayer partner, a blog updater, a financial supporter or more. And when our folks get back from these trips, let's all gather together like we did after Tom and I were in Rwanda to hear the stories that they bring back from our neighbors so that we can learn to be more and more loving neighbors all the time. Friends, let's show our love for God by loving our neighbors. Here's your homework for this week. Could you hit the button, Levi? Pray about your involvement in one of these trips. Don't pray that God would speak to the people that are supposed to go. Ask God what God is saying to you, my friends. You cannot be the Holy Spirit for somebody else in this particular situation. Ask God if you are meant to be on one of these trips. And if you are unable for some reason, how can you support the team logistically from home, financially, or through prayer? What can we as a congregation do to support these sorts of loving neighbor trips and remain involved? Dear ones, let us pray. God, help us to see where we are lazy in loving you. Help us to see our neighbor as you see them. Give us loving and creative hearts to seek you fully and love those around us regardless of who they are. Move in the hearts of those who are meant to go to Puerto Rico in November or to Central America in February. Amen.